Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dr. Beverly, David is back joining us, continuing the conversation on weight loss and psychology. As I was thinking about this, I was like, does it even end the conversation on weight loss and psychology? Hello, how are you? Very well. How are you, Gina? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Um, This is my new favorite conversation, and I'm sure my members would agree because the last time we had you on, just like so many aha moments. Um, But I do have to say the biggest thing that I think really resonated with people, because I'm just going to get right into it, because I know we're limited time and I want to use every single minute that we have, was your concept of capture, cancel, Correct. When we're talking about bringing awareness to our internal dialogue and especially that negative dialogue that people have, not just in general in life, but also especially tied to dieting. So maybe let's talk about that negative internal dialogue. Like what is that and where does it come from? Okay. Two questions then. What is that? Where does it come from? Um, What is it? Well, we as human beings probably have over 6,000 thoughts go through our head every single day. Um, And a lot of those are going to be reviewing our own behavior. And that's sensible because we are supposed to be, you know, naturally trying to give ourselves some self-assessment and checking in on how we're doing. And it would be, we wouldn't be very nice people if we just thought everything we did was right and everything we did was, you know, good and, um, we're impeccable human beings. So that self-reflection is there. It's normal. But- okay. I think that's huge because okay. we think of it as like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And it, it really is there. I mean, talk about accountability to hold yourself and your actions accountable to, you know, assess yourself and your situation. So this is actually this, this behavior phenomenon, what the hell, I don't know what you call it, is there for a reason. And the, there's a there's a reason for it and a good reason for it. I think yeah. that's important because we think like, what is this? What's Why do we have it? What's wrong with us? You know, I think you're very smart to have used the word accountability because that's really great. It's not always negative to review, is it? Because we want to level up and think, what could I do better? What could I do differently? You yes. know, so, so brilliant. So that part of our internal dialogue is good and normal. It's when it creeps into just too much negativity yeah. that we want to try and use some psychological techniques to, to notice it because a lot of it's automatic. So those are those gnats that we talk about, negative automatic thoughts. And often we just have um, access to our feelings. So we'll feel something, we'll feel rejected or defeated or guilt or shame, but we don't then spend as much time thinking why, where did that fit like emotion come from? And the emotion is often, uh, led by the thought. And if we're able to catch it and we might tell people to try and fish it, like hook it out like a fish, try and 
net it and have a look at the thought that provoked that emotion. And that might be, well, that's the catching it. That's the catching it in the net to think, okay, did I think I'm not good enough? It's not worth it. Nobody listens to me. I'll fail. I always fail. Those very quick, very automatic thoughts. So that's the first bit. And are those thoughts based on, is it, can that become a habit that that negative dialogue become a habit? Yes, because if you think about it, the more we as human beings do anything, the the harder the wire in the brain, you know, those neuropathways are going to groove this really tidy, very fast um, motorway, we'd call them in, in Great Britain, but a very quick to the negative automatic thought. Here I go again, there I failed again, I um, I've blown it again. They're going to find me out. So very, very quickly, it's going to become very uh, hardwired. So we have to be slowing down to think, okay, did I do that thought? Am I in that thought pattern again? And could there be an alternative? So mm-hmm. that's to then cancel it. And we might even say challenge it because maybe I was <laughs> firm, you know, cancel it. You know, I don't want people to think they're wrong. I want them to to have a look at it. I want them to take that thought, once you've caught it, explore it, look at it and think, where did that thought come from? Is it correct? You know, is it a fact or is it an interpretation? You know, am I I actually factually going to get, you know, mess up or am I interpreting myself as I possibly might mess up? Because they're very different. And what about if it just keeps the same, I find... Because I'm always looking for messages. There's a message in, in anything that I, I like working through, bringing stuff up and working through things and having those aha moments and recognizing why I'm doing something and then, you know, capture it, cancel it, correct it. But I find always when I look back, once I have that aha moment, it's like the universe has been trying to tell me this for like weeks or months, or I've been trying to tell myself like this, this same thought keeps coming up and coming up. I was having a thought today of a situation that happened. And it, it wasn't a big deal with such a little thing, but it keeps coming up in my mind. And I'm like, what is it? And it's a situation where I should have spoken out and I didn't speak out and it's haunting me. It was actually a situation with my ex when he was in his final hours. Um, someone come in and, and done something with him and I, and they didn't realize he was in the midst of passing. And I just let them out of like, being worried about what they would think or not really, I don't know what it was, but it's freaking haunting me. And today I was like, what is it? And it was like, this voice came up and it was like, speak up. You know what you know, you know how you feel. Why don't you just say something? Which was really interesting because my ex was very good at that. He always just said what he wanted to say whenever he wanted to say it and seemed like he didn't give an F about what anyone thought. So to me, this has like been haunting me, but I find that's just one example of many, like the same thought keeps coming over and over. Does that mean it's like a super deep, deep thought or why is this one thought keep coming to mind? What is that about? Like if people are on their weight loss journey, they tend to deal with the same, they, they, they create the same patterns over and over. That's one of the topics that came up. Why do I keep doing this? I know I'm doing it. Why do I keep doing it? Well, let's, let's use your example because that was a very powerful example. You felt and probably feel regret. You, you feel like, oh no. I, and then the regret, that, that emotion, that feeling of emotion comes from the thought, I didn't speak up. I should have yes. spoken up. Why didn't I speak up? I let, 
I let myself down or I let someone down. And yeah. so that thought is, is, is provoking that really, that's a hard feeling, you know, and we've yeah. got to then help you not to keep in that, that, that emotion and say you were under extreme stress in that moment but then we might go back a little bit in your history and think, okay, that might be a hot thought. Why don't yeah. you speak up? Where yeah. is your voice in these moments? Can right. you advocate for yourself easier than for, you know, well, easier for others than yourself? So noticing that can sometimes make a feeling very big in our body. You know, if we haven't spoken up for our child or we've just let something go. And you might then think, Why? And of course, now you've pointed out that they're two different humans do it differently. You know, your ex was very able to be open and communicative and say it as it is. And you're more delicate and careful. And perhaps in your past, you were taught to be, you know, and maybe lots of girls have been, you know, in the past to to say the right thing, to not offend, to, you know, talk about it later, not here, not now. And so we've suppressed a lot of our our wants, our thoughts. You know, the Me Too movement has been all about, do I say anything or do I just tolerate this discomfort because mm. I don't want to make somebody else uncomfortable? And that's really incongruent. It makes our body feel horrible. And that is a message. That's a message. I've even got goosebumps now because I can think of times this week where I've done the same where I'm like, What? Why? Yeah. And it, our brain doesn't like it. Our brain senses that we're not being truthful to our need or our want or even our safety because we sometimes just think, okay, it's better not to say anything. So would it be fair to say that the way I deal with situations like in my life or the way someone deals with situations in their life, those run just as deep when it comes to trying to lose weight, goals are trying to accomplish. And then also like, how deep does it go in the turn in the way we utilize food, you yeah. know, utilizing food, especially to cope or, you know, eat our feelings or to, you know, to do all the things that we do. I mean, how, how deep does it go? Or oh, well, we eat from the start, don't we? We have been given nourishment as a way of caring, you know, even, even first conversations with doctors, you know, to check or midwives or our doulas is to check in. Are our babies thriving? Are you, are they feeding? Are you feeding your baby? Because you're failing if you're not apparently. True. Yes. Um, is, is the baby the right birth, you know, the weight? Have, have they lost much of their birth weight? And we're panicking right from the start. You know, can we do it? Can we not do it? So it's early. Food is very important. And, and one of your followers beautifully wrote about why do we still bring food for events like funerals or wakes or weddings or and and the thing is probably in the you know when we were villages that would have been a really helpful thing to do because yes. actually bring food and homemade food would have been a really nice way of saying I'm gifting you nutrients so that you can look after yourself yeah. and your family so it it probably didn't come out of a sinister I'm going to overfeed you. It came out of probably the love language of time 
act of service and a gift, you know. <laughs> Talk about that for a sec. Talk about how deep this could see what I'd say. This conversation could go on and on because we have kind of um, villainized food, you know, or our habits associated to food. So we do use food to show love and to connect and to celebrate and all those things. But then we'd have this really kind of negative associations to food and food makes me fat and my body's tr- my body just hates me and this I'm never going to reach my goal and I'm just this loser and I'm never going to do anything and I feel horrible every day like it's just like how do you how do you separate what the frig is going on so you can capture it cancel it and then correct it like it's so much it's like it's like being in a room that's super loud and trying to hear like one single voice like it's selective attention isn't it I think it goes back to your first question there's a bit of accountability people can bring food but we don't need to eat it it's your mindful questions it's do I want it you know and again then it's our second question will we feel like we're rude if we don't eat it you know (laughs) so that it's it's you know, leveling up on everything we've already talked about. There's a lot of pressure, but if we can just know ourselves and slow it down and think, do I want this food? Am I hungry? Shall I save it for later? Shall I put it in the fridge? Shall I share it with the neighbors? I always do that. People bring me too much food. Friends can come over. We can share it. And also it, it can go away. You know, you can put it in the freezer or you can throw it out. So know ourselves and slow it down. So again, the program creates this platform of awareness, all the things that you need to do and prioritizing yourself. And, and, you know, it's all, it's really internal, not just what you're eating and when that people are dealing with. So, so how do they have a pattern? Like would a person have a pattern with how they process and like, they keep doing something, they're recognizing, why do I keep eating at night? Like, I'm not actually even hungry. Like I, there's the physical things. Maybe you're thirsty. Maybe you didn't eat enough during the day. Maybe you're, you know, your weight's about to drop or whatever. But if they keep repeating a habit that's no longer working for them, is it, the, is there a pattern to it? We, we are so patterned. Human beings are patterned and ha- building habits is essential because okay. we have to be fast. We have to be fast and efficient at humans. So from from tiny tots, we're learning to do things, you know, to get into habits. So our brain is looking for fast ways of doing things. If we had to think about every act in reversing the car out of the driveway or brushing our teeth or putting on our dungarees or whatever it is, we would use up all of our brain power, all of our cognition power managing these day-to-day things. So habits are the fast track of getting us to be able to do the other things, leveling up as humans. So they're there for a reason. And of course, habits are formed by repetition. The more we do something, the more it goes into that sort of automatic part of the brain so that now we can just do it. Now I can do my nails without thinking about it. Now I can do my mascara without thinking about it. First time I did it, I poked myself in the eye. My sister would have to help, you know. So it's there for good reasons. But of course, the more we do, I want to be careful with the words I use, but the behaviors that we don't want to see, they're Uh going to become habits as well because we're repeating them. And then we have to use our knowledge of psychology and think we often do things in the same place at the same time. So we have to learn what is the cue? Is it the kitchen? We get to the kitchen and then suddenly I'm hungry. 
or we get to the service station on the motorway and we suddenly need a wee, or we get to our bedroom and we either feel sleepy or we start to worry because we start to associate that place with the thing we do. And it's physical. It's actually physical. We're not making it up, but at 9 p.m., if you've always eaten, your body's going to anticipate, I'm going to be hungry, and you will then have the hunger pangs. And so what we've got to do is reverse engineer that and start to extinguish, start to not go there. You know, it's no accident that smoking rates has gone down because we weren't able, you know, um, laws were passed where we couldn't, people couldn't smoke in public places or in the bars. Now that lowered smoking more than any educational sort of, this is going to kill you. Okay. So let's stop for a sec, because with the program, if people are, they're, they're creating new habits because they are prioritizing themselves. This is why the routine that they're following is so important. And the slight changes that we're making week to week to week, the asking the four questions, the whole point of that is that you do it so often that eventually, like you say, it's automatic and you don't have to think about that. So this is that, you know, smoking rates have decreased because the situation has decreased. People no longer have the freedom to smoke in the way that they did. So, so I'm going to equate that with the same, the, the, the new habits that people are creating by following the program. Yeah. But how do you recognize? So let's bring it back to the capture cancel. Uh, correct. How do you recognize the bad habits? Or is that the same as in like, are, can we use capture cancel correct for habits the way we do for internal dialogue or am I talking two different things? You absolutely could. Cause it's the okay. same. You'd capture, you'd go, Oh, I'm at the fridge. Am I hungry? So you'd mm. cancel it. You'd think, actually, I'm just doing this because I'm on autopilot. And then you could correct it. You could think, I'm not hungry. I'm going to go and have my shower now. And so as soon as we've done something slightly different, our brain has an opportunity to wire in a different way. We've turned left instead of right. The more we do it, the more self-esteem or, or self-efficacy we get in believing we can do it. We also will release a little bit of dopamine because we'll have achieved something. So we'll have that reward like, wow, I wasn't hungry and we've changed a pattern. And this is really important because this is this is not just willpower. This is not just going to the fridge and being like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to just go do something because you like maybe I'm wrong, but you're not learning anything in that moment. That That willpower, maybe it'll stop you once, but it's not actually correcting the behavior, correct? You've got to keep doing it. It's repetitive, you know, it, and our self-efficacy is going to go up every single time we, we manage something. And it's tiny. Like you just said a moment ago, these are tiny changes. You know, um, James Clear talked about making 1% change. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it's very, it, we might not even notice we've made it, but in the long run, that's a big change, you know, removing yeah. one peanut butter cookie from Tim Hortons every day is going to make a very big change in a year's time because yeah. it's it's a change of a, it's a new habit um but you're right willpower is very difficult so we have to think how can I set myself up to succeed you know and the thing the really nice thing about habits is once it's a habit then we don't have to decide we're not in that funny sort of messy muddy water of what should I have today you know I know that I'm going to have my water I know that I'm going to 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 have these things available in my fridge I know that I'm planning to go to 
you know, the gym later or see my friends later. So it takes that decision making out of our head. You know, justifying the messy middle on a whole other level. Like that's the, would you call it the messy, mucky, I don't know what it is. Like, (laughs) do you know what I'm saying? Like, you can see why it's so messy. We're in the, like, you're in this precipice of change. You're in the pursuit of change and in changing all the things you need to change. It's, it's messy and it's mucky and, this and is it, where you need to have to be small. It's got to be small because people will have things called like false hope syndrome. They oh. will be like, this is going to be it. It's going to be amazing. Everything's going to change. My life's going to get. And now they've gone so big that when they might not see change quick enough, it's all gone. It's, it, you know, it's my fault. I knew it wouldn't work. So it has to be small, you know, Um and then we've got to make plans. We've got to we've got to think. What are those small wins every day? Like we said last time, have we drank some water today more than we did last week? That's a win. That's brilliant. Because um, we've got to have those small rewards. Because an athlete, somebody that's training for the Olympics, they've got that long goal, but they're gonna need to have everyday goals to keep themselves motivated. Okay, so to think, I did it. I did. I did my run, or I did my stretching, or I I got my sleep. And that's really important for for little rewards along the way. I can't drop the mic. This conversation is over. Like, <laughs> what, so what is that syndrome again? Say that again. What is, what is that? What's oh the false hope syndrome? Like yes. we just have put all of our hope in one uh, you know one egg basket, and we and we think too big. We think this is going to be it. I'm going to be half the size, and I'm going to get married, and I'm going. So we go too big. And it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It's just we want to set ourselves up for realistic goals so that we can be proud of ourselves. Is that that thing where I'm going to lose weight? Because I always say people like they they say I'm going to lose weight. But then on top of trying to lose weight, they're like, when I lose weight, I'm going to get married. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to do all these things. So not only dealing with like trying to lose weight, you are simultaneously trying to like do all these other big, huge, massive things at the same time. Is this is why people get so excited. They sign up in one week, two weeks in. Well, heck, even where we're at now, seven weeks, if I haven't lost 60 pounds by now, this isn't going to work for me. And you know, what am I like? Is that why? That's why. And that's where people will think it's sabotage. They'll think, and the definition of sabotage, I wrote it down, is deliberately destroying or damaging something or obstructing ourselves. And we're not. It's just we set ourselves up too high. You know, if we set it up too high, we've got a long way to fall. So Stop have- it. <laughs> Stop it right now. Tell her right now. <laughs> I have to rewrite that whole sabotage post down. <laughs> I need you to write it for me. <laughs> what the heck? Oh my goodness. Oh, but it, yes, it's it it really is true. It's why most people, you know, start on January the first and by whatever the you know the date is, we've people have given up because they just went too fast with expectations that weren't realistic. Because we've a lot of us thought this way for so long and behaved in a particular way for so long that these habits are hard to change and we've got to go slow and steady, you know, so that we have time for the neural pathway to rewire, you know, and 
What it's doing. I think that's really important because we are taught, what would you call that? Brain chemistry? Like, and neuroplasticity, this is one of the things that um, I, the takeaways from the Canadian Obesity Summit that I was at a few weeks ago was they were talking about these patterns and they're so hard to change and how our bodies are wired and, you know, back in the caveman days and all of this, you know, fight or flight and famine and all these things. And then I kept saying them, yes, but is it possible to change? And, and they were like, yes, the brain is designed to change, but people aren't actively trying to change the brain. And when they do try to do it, they don't do it long enough to actually make a difference. Like this is, I think this is what you, it is a real physical thing. Yeah. It's every day because the doing of the bad habit or the doing of the thing you want to change will probably have been, you've probably been doing it a long, long time. To stop brushing our teeth now would be really weird, you know. Yeah. And so your our brain has been following these ingrained circuits. That's what I want people to think. They're ingrained for years and they will. It's not they might. They will need time to rewire and dismantle those neurological grooves. So what is it like if you're walking through a forest and there's certain paths? Because people yeah. you keep walking those paths and now you want to walk a new path and you can't really see the path. But if you keep walking on a new path, eventually there'll be a new path there. Same for Beautiful and faster and easier and less poison ivy. All of mm-hmm. that. It's all of it. Absolutely. <laughs> less poison ivy. So, so let's talk about habits because I want to say, talk about that to, to, to everybody because there's two things that we need. Like there's instigation. That's like helping us get there. So that's like filling our water the night before we go to bed or okay. having the right things in the fridge. This is why I love your intentions for the day, the plat, the, the food prep, everything to know what, what's what to increase our likelihood of managing to do the next bit which is the execution of the habit. Okay. Okay. So the execution, so the instigation would be having maybe our gym bag ready and getting out the door. The execution is what we do when we get to the gym. And that's, that's actually the often the easy bit because already we're there. Okay. So from the instigation and we open the fridge, our water is there. The next bit's easier because now we're going to drink it. Yeah. It's legit. The, the hardest part of working out for me is finding something to wear. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. So and, if, you pl- if you then address that, brilliant. If you go, okay, I'm going to go down to Lulu or I'm going to go, I'm not sponsored by Lulu, but if you, if I you wish just, I was, <laughs> hey, Lulu, <laughs> Dr. Beverly needs some yoga pants. <laughs> but if we address that thing that's getting in our way, which is really important for habit breaking to think, what might come up as a barrier? When am I yeah. going to say, oh, I'm not going to bother going? And then try and make a plan and think, I'm probably going to say that, so I better get a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Or I'm probably going to not do that, so I'm going to get my friend to meet me at swimming. Because, you know, having that buddy to come with us or why you're, you, the social aspect of this program is so great because people are supporting people and, and doing this together and not in a silo. So... That's important because if I think about it, every time I go for a walk, take the dogs for a walk, I feel great when I get back. Every time I do a workout, I feel amazing afterwards. Every time I eat something and I feel good about it, I'm glad I made that choice. But it's it's the things that happen before I get to that that are stopping me from actually 
doing the thing? What's the difference between you call it instigating versus preparedness? Is it, is it like you're stopping the behavior? Like you're, you're like, what's the difference there? You probably haven't got ready. So some people will intentionally do something to help them. Like some people will put this swimming bag on their sofa so that it actually puts them out. They have to go out of their way to move their swimming bag. So that's providing friction. It's making it harder to do the wrong thing. You know, now we want to make it really easy to do the thing that we want to do. We want it easy to eat the fruit, easy to eat the nuts, easy to have. Like it's got to be there. Otherwise, it's we're not going to do it. You know, the statistics show if our gym is three, three and a half miles away versus seven miles away, the people that are three and a half miles away are going to go to the gym more often. So we we have to sort of tip our hat to human beings choosing the easy way sometimes. So make yeah. it easier for ourselves and then keep doing it because we have to just make the plan and then follow up. And that really, that feeling you talked about is dopamine. It's really yeah. nice when you have come back from the dogs, if you have got to the gym, if you've um, succeeded with your water girl, that's 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 the feel good factor. Feel and it's good. going to lead to the habit. So to be clear that, you know, I'm I'm I need to go to the gym. I got to go to the gym. I don't want to go to the gym that ragging on yourself. Any of those words. So that's when I'd say catch it. I'd like to go to the gym. I want to go to the gym. Because when we say I must, I should, what, that just makes us think we're being told. It know? just feels icky. And yeah. it just I, as I'm saying it, I'm like, I don't want to go. Next thing you know, I'm back in my bed. Fuck the gym. I'm not going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to watch our words. So think about them. Have to versus want to. Okay. Mm. Have to versus get to. I get to put the kids to bed tonight. I get yeah. to go for a swim instead of I have to go for a swim. I yeah. should versus I want to. I'm going to have an early night. You know, that's very nice. And that I would imagine becomes habit. The more you rather than say I should, I should, I should, I should, if you keep yeah. saying like I want to, I get to, I no, like eventually to. those are the words that will pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And words are powerful. Narrative psychology. I I love words and I and I will help clients notice the words they use about themselves. And and that's when I'll help them catch it. You know, and I'll ask them to be gentle with themselves because we are when we use that exercise of what would you say to your 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 boy or your your friend or your con we're always more gentle. And so catch our words. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So let's, let's, let's just give another example for everyone. This, this capture, cancel, correct. So I'm getting on the scale in the morning. I, you know, I've been doing what I need to do, or maybe I haven't, regardless, I get on the scale and I'm disappointed and I'm like, oh my gosh. And it immediately puts me in a mood and I feel that feeling in my stomach. And I'm just like, ah, mm. even when I'm like, I feel amazing and I get on the scale and it doesn't show me what I want. So I went from feeling like really good to like, now I just feel like, Bleh. Like what, what, what am I, what am I capturing there? The, the thoughts, the feelings, what, what is it? Two very different examples. Okay. Cause if you felt amazing before, like you're, if you felt amazing before you got on the scale, I think you probably won't view it as negatively. You will be able to have more control to say, Oh, it didn't move or, Oh, it's up to, it's probably because I had that poutine last night. And you'll be able to just go, that's okay. You know, keep calm, carry on. Because our emotion also leads our thought. So when we're feeling happy and optimistic and positive, and we've just had maybe some good hanky-panky in the morning, we're feeling, or we're going to look at that those numbers differently, okay? But if I've made you disappointed, Okay. And they, this is the power of the mood and the emotion. That's why looking at a watch and it says you didn't have a good sleep is not a good thing. Because if when I, oh, it tells me I didn't have a good sleep, then the rest of the day is going to be tainted by that, that thing that we've just been delivered via a device that can't tell you anything. So well, now I've got to change my whole app. <laughs> but, your, but your app is great because it's subjective. Like, it's really good. It's like tapping into what we think, feel, do, and tend, you know. So so I would, I'd look at that. I think, how did I feel before I got on the scale? And wow, it didn't bother me today that I was up to or down to, okay? Uh, but if it does, then it's the thought, which you just said, that might catch. Like, they might go, oh, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Then where does that go? I'm a failure. Where yeah. does that go? I knew I would be. Where does that go? Oh, I'm just going to give up and start again next time. So we've gone all or nothing. So we need to catch those and say, hang on. Have I been doing everything that I, I need to be doing? Maybe I could do a few things better. Like when you say, you know, what extra things can we do? That's all right. We can be gentle with ourselves. We can have uh, harder weeks, hotter hotter days when our, our um uh, fluids are up, you know, this explanation. So again, we want to think, is it fact or is it interpretation? I mean, interpreting this as a fail when actually it's not, it's the long mm. game. I'm wanting to create a healthy habit, not just a scale, a number on a scale. I want to move more, I want to laugh more. I want to, you know, be able to fit into that thing or go to that thing or walk up Kilimanjaro, like other goals alongside a number. And that will help. So that's where you would catch it. But okay. the relationship between the thought and the feeling. So what happened first? Was it the feeling? Were you already feeling grotty? And that led to the thought being even more potently negative? Or was there the thought that led to a feeling? 
Yeah, like when I drink, when I drank wine and I wake up feeling this horrible, and then I get on the scale, and I'm like, Mleh. and then my whole day is ruined, and it's just like one big snowball effect. And remember, drink, unfortunately, while drinking, a lot of people think, oh, I feel great because that's it's reinforced because people's anxiety might loosen up, but it is a depressant. It's going to make your brain go into a depression. It's yeah. and so we're all we always feel bad at like, oh, did I did I do you know, did I say the wrong thing? Did I do too much? And then of course you're already carrying that onto the scales. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting about alcohol, and this may be a reason again, you don't have to stop drinking in order to be successful, but this is just another reason why you might want to take that in consideration if you're showing up in a funk every day or you're really dealing with your feels. In a sense, because to me, I can, that feeling like you've done something or something, you just feel depressed. Like I could literally drink a bottle of wine, watching movies all night and still wake up with that feeling. It's like, yeah. why do I feel like I've done something wrong or I feel depressed or something's off? And I'm like, <laughs> all I did was lie in bed and watch a movie. If I can yeah. do anything. Yeah. And again, it could be a habit. If we pause mm. and slow down again, lots of people will say, well, I have to have a glass of wine after work. It helps mm. me relax. But yeah. it might be just habit, you yeah. know. Um, that's like an if-then sort of statement. If I have the glass, then glass of wine, then I'll feel better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not. We've got to test it. We've got to test and behaviorally experiment with ourselves. Okay. I might test that out tonight. Um, let's get back. So we're on the scale. We 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 captured the the, the thoughts and the feelings. Then what? Well. What if we notice that we've gone into a pattern of, I knew I'd fail, I'm never going to lose, I'm not going to carry on. We've got to then be really aware of what's our behavior going to do because our behavior could then just go, well, I'm just going to go and do something. You know, I'm going to eat everything that's in the fridge. I'm going to, whatever we're going to do, we might be doing because we think it's going to make us feel better or we've given up. Um, And we have to, to try and think let's just reset you know so that's the correct that's the correct bit to think okay so I'm doing pretty well I'm turning up every day I'm gonna have good and bad days I'm gonna have up and downs and that's life and I'm going to correct it by thinking would I tell my friend they'd failed would I tell my friend to give up their goal or would I say just reset and and re and, and revisit the values and the wants and what do you want this for? You know, it's it's there's more to it than just this moment. I've had I've had in the past uh, so many different people come in and they're just like, well, I quit. Like that's it. This isn't working for me. It's too hard. I quit. And some people like I'll I'll say something. Other people I'll be like, well, then then quit then if, that, if that's what you want to do then quit. Cause I, some, I think some times people need to feel, well, what if I did quit? Like, what's that going to feel like? Because I think yeah. we think in the, on the surface, quitting is just, it'll make us feel better. I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to face my shit. I'm just going to quit. But then it's just like, well, then what if you quit? So what would you say if someone's like, this just isn't working for me. I'm just, I've had enough. I quit. What would you say to someone? I'd say, let's revisit why. Why did you want to join? You know, mm-hmm. just see what's their goal. And then I would revisit that's those things about the false hope syndrome um, and things that can get in the way to say we're really normal. This is habit changing is difficult. Rewiring is difficult. And it's slow and steady wins the race. And then I might even, well, even the Journal of British Health Psychology said that 
if we have lower expectations, we're more likely to succeed. And so they looked at a 12-week exercise program, and those people that had step like small incremental expectations did really well, really enjoyed it. And the bit that it, the really interesting win was their self-efficacy went up. They had a belief that they could do something. Those people that set their expectations too high gave up quite quickly. And unfortunately, then that erodes self-efficacy. The next time they're going to think, I'm go- I might fail. So it deteriorates that belief that I can complete something. Okay, well, where, what do we do with this now? Now we set the bar. We sell the Libby method as sign up, 91 days. You can lose two pounds. And then people get really excited when they lose more. Like, what, what do we... Like, what yeah. is, Yes, I don't. <laughs> it's yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I think it's nice because even in your advertising and in your social groups, people are, are losing at different rates, and yeah. that's really nice. That really normalizes that some people will be able to maybe lose quicker, some people will lose slower, and yeah. some people will lose quickly, and then. It moments of, you know, changing their habits back because we know that sometimes habits are hard to, to break and they sneak back in and our weight goes back up. But then right. we just have to repeat, you know, rinse and repeat and think, okay, let my body trust me, you know, let myself trust me. Um, so, so it's quite nice. It's quite nice that people get to see people that have plateaued and they're staying steady and they're accepting that steadiness to think, okay, my body is adjusting and adapting. And then there's people that have, are losing and they're in a different phase. You know, it's a bit like an athlete. You know, yeah. we, we build muscles quicker or slower. We get taller quicker or slower. You know, some people grow their hair quicker. We're all so different. Different, yeah. And so we need to stay in our lane. You know, when we compare ourselves yeah. That's another thing, you know, that's another trap for our thoughts. I'm not as good as that person. Oh my goodness. So the trust thing you touched on, we're going to need a whole other session to talk about trust. Okay. So let's talk about, we talked about capturing or catching. We talked about canceling. Then how do you correct that thought? So I'm on the scale. I recognize I'm having that negative thoughts. I'm realizing they're no longer working for me. I'm, I, I don't need to do this. This is not where this, how I really feel. Then what, how do you correct it? So the correct is just to go back to that blueprint, to think, actually, I'm doing the best I can. Mm. And to correct is that gentle bit, you know, okay. to, to be nice to ourselves, compassionate to ourselves and think, I'm just going to restart. You know, tomorrow's a new day. In fact, you know, I'm going to keep on drinking my water today and I'm going to look forward to my nuts. Like, like we can just get up back on the wagon. You know, you don't have to fall off the horse and never get back on again. You know, we just brush ourselves off and we think that's, that's life. You know? Okay. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting up, I get on the scale and I'm like, oh my gosh, wait is up. I'm not doing this, not doing that. This is never going to work for me. You know, I realize, okay, wait a second. You know, like that's, 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 I, I don't want to keep thinking like that. That's not working for me. And then the correct would be, 
So I don't want to do that anymore. The correct would be like, I am really trying hard here. Or maybe there are a few more things I can do today. Or today I'm going to set my intentions. Or, you know, I'm not a loser. Or I'm I'm going to be a loser. But, you know, like, so that's sort of, you have to like recognize that that you're doing that thing. Recognize it's no longer working for you. And then put in steps to to rewire or like correct that behavior. So then I don't want the negative thoughts. So I'm going to throw positive thoughts at myself. And, that- and by keeping a journal, you'll notice, you'll notice that when you think this way and it, and it take, gets the better of you, mm-hmm. you often won't correct it. You'll go down the rabbit hole and then we'll feel worse. So if we, if we notice that, we want to say, okay, can I cancel this now? Can I correct it? And can I think, right, was I being... Um, was I filtering my successes? You know, was I missing that? Actually, I've done loads of things in this last month. And just because the number's up doesn't mean that didn't happen, mm. you know, because that's when we just minimize success, maximize a failure. That's our, our brain loves to do that to us. It's really nasty. Um, well, it's not nasty. It's hardwired for avoiding threat and danger. Okay. So it's going to focus on the threat. But what... Okay. Say is bring it back to what you have managed, right? So this is this tied to your aha moment. Like I, so I have a comment here from Sarah. Doctor Beverly has been a game changer for me. I've listened to her and Gina's live several times, and the aha moments keep coming. What's the aha moment? Is that the moment someone recognizes, ah, I keep doing this, and this is why I do it, and this is my choice? Like, how would someone know? they're having an aha moment. How would someone know they're correcting the behavior? How would someone know that it's actually fucking doing anything to change anything? I think you feel it. I do think you go, Oh, that was me. I made it. I did that. I, Mm. I made that choice or I did that. Or wow, that felt good when I was tired, but I'd had a plan and I thought I'm probably going to be tired. So I'll get my friend Kathleen to pick me up. Well, you know, so those are our hearts where we go, it's working. It is real. You know, I am patterned. I am a human. I am vulnerable. You know, I am, I do have this very funny brain that has this impulsive bit that's always yeah. been the rule. And then the CEO on the top is saying, but you want other stuff. You want to, you want to aim for, you know, your goals. And so that's that sort of intellectual part thing, but we still have the impulses to eat to procreate and to avoid danger. They're still going to be there, you know, so we're going to be tempted. We want to be tempted. We don't want to be robots. Desire is wonderful. You know, we want to desire that delicious cheesecake. We're allowed, you know, and we're also allowed to be scared. Well, we need to be scared to avoid running across a, a very busy road. So these impulses are very important. It's just being mindful of them and slowing it down. And, and, and do, patterns, walk, doing new new things to try and interfere with well-established highways. This is where, and I, I, I you know, I, I, I can't stand when people use the words control and moderation when it comes to dieting and weight loss. But this is one of those instances where people can control their thoughts and behavior. Like they, they have, I think it's, we need to make it clear they have the power. First of all, it's finding them. We've got to name them before we can control them. Mm. And we, it might not even be controlling them, it's understanding them because then we're able to adjust them. We're able to think, wow, that was really 
really firm or mean, you know, or, or a real bully in my brain turned up, you know. So we have to be we have to be willing to look for them. We're ve- we're on autopilot a lot of the time, and we do things, you know, more than more than nearly. It's like forty six percent of our behaviors are habitual. They habit. We get up, put our shoe, you know, we put our slippers on. We go downstairs. We have a, we're on autopilot most of the time. Okay, so we're yeah. real. So we so we want to think. How do we break some of these? So uh, do would people have like a, a pattern like this, this, like this, what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Like, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? Like, is that like a, a clue to your pattern of behavior? Like, is that like, if, if you're saying this, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Is that where you should say, okay, hold up. Like there's, there's nothing wrong here, but what is, what is going on? Be kind to the what's wrong with me. Like, first of all, I'm human. Okay, so it's not wrong to have patterns. It's not wrong to have desires. It's not wrong to have associations. You just don't like it. You would like oh. this change, you know. Um, so it's it's being kind and speaking to yourself and the, your inner child to say, well, let's have a look at this, you know. Because um, it's it's... And we've been told that since we were little, you know, there's been a lot of wrong and sin and you must not do this and you must not do that. And you'll go to hell if this happens. And we, and, and it's, it's things that have controlled us. And actually, it's okay. It's not wrong to want a, a Tim Hortons Timbit, you know, it's yeah. just, you might not want it all of the time and you might want to. So think about the word wrong and then think, okay, what's right about me? My brain is doing what it is what it's been designed to do. Now I want to see if I can utilize what I know about the wiring to serve me, to to help me get to places I want to get to and be the person I want to be. But it's slowly. You know, I think this conversation is so huge. I talk a lot. It's just going so much depth to it because I talk a lot about, you know, the feels. They're all part of it. If, if you're feeling frustrated, if you're, if you're, you know, feeling like quitting, if you're feeling they're all part of it. But I, I don't think people realize how normal it is. Like, yes, it's part of this process, but you're trying to accomplish, but it's, it's bigger than part of this process. You're actually hardwired and for good reason to, to have these feels and to have these thoughts. And a lot of them are to your benefit. It's just, you may not like them. Like you yeah. said. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. It, our body, our body is trying to do its very best. And we might've just got into habits that we now need to observe them so that we have a better chance of, of extinguishing them, you know, and that's, and so I wanted to give your listeners like something to go home with today. So this, the stop, that's really good. So stop. If you spell it is stop, take a breath. We always need a breath. Our brain, when it has some oxygen, doesn't feel as scared and in, in fear, it because we would never take a big breath in front of a saber-toothed tiger. So we're going to take a deep uh, breath. Yeah. Then we're going to observe. Oh, observe what's going on. Am I in a negative thought? Am I feeling funky and that's making the negative thought? Like, what's happening here? You know, observe it. And we might even observe where we're at. We've helped people do that. It's a hot day. 
that might be why I'm sluggish. I'm premenstrual. That might be why I'm bloated. Observe it. Take an, and then helicopter out. I'll tell people, take, take that shot from, you know, um, Mission Impossible with a helicopter comes out. See the bigger picture. Yeah. Observe it. And then P, there's actually two P's. It's, it's practice what works. Have a shower, make a cup of tea, have a hot water, be kind to yourself. But then you could also, it's progressive relaxation as well. You could try and help your body relax so that then hopefully that wise brain comes back online that can weigh things out more accurately instead of just that negative automatic thought taking you to a a black and white thinking style. Yeah, I do this thing where I like rise above it, not be better than, but like see it from like, okay, what is actually like, what's the picture here? What is actually going on? Or that the whole concept, you can't see the forest from the trees because you're that's so far right. in it. My goodness. Yeah. Um, that's some amazing takeaways. I, I do have to talk to our members because so many of them wanted to talk about body image. And I, yeah. I would imagine it's such a big conversation and I'm mindful of the few minutes that we have left, but I do want to say, we're, let's get into that topic the next time we chat, but can you just, we have a few minutes now, talk about body image. Well, you think about it, even, even just anecdotally, we know that body image change has changed across centuries. What was mm. deep, beautiful has changed and changed and changed. Was it the curvy, um, fertile female, you know, with, with childbearing hips? We, it changes all of the time and messaging from media and now, unfortunately, messaging from many more sources tells us yeah. what we should look like. And if we don't look like that, somehow our very primitive brain says we're not going to be all right. You know, because in the cavemen circles, we want to fit in. You know, it's yeah. not very safe to be on the outskirts. Okay. Right. Um, so body image has changed. You know, do we want the childbearing body? Do we want the athletic body? Do we want the muscular? You know, so it's the messaging, it's the magazines, it's what perhaps. Our, our system has told us, so that might be our school, our coaches, our parents, our teachers, um, movies, who do we look up to? So it's there, it's subliminal. We're soaking this up all of the time. And we all know more now. We know that they've photoshopped things, but we still look for those parts of our body. So if we, if we monitor people's eye um, tracking, so if you, I, I did one of my friend's studies at the eating disorders clinic. And she had me wear my underwear, which annoyingly I feel very uncomfortable about. And that says something about how comfortable I am with my own body. But yeah. what they do is they watch, they watch healthy people that have a healthy idea of body image versus less healthy. And they watch where your eyes go. And there's a predictable pattern, unfortunately, that mm-hmm. they will look to certain areas and equate good, I'm looking good or not. And mm. men will look at, diff- at particular parts of their body and tick. So it's constant. We're comparing all of the time. Um, and I think it comes from years and years of messaging that, that comes in and still does. You know, it's still everywhere um, what we should look like, what is right, what is healthy. Um, and then we feel down on ourselves if we, if we don't think we are as we should be. 
Oh, I'm glad I, I I'm glad I asked you about this because it really shows how big of a conversation it is. Like you didn't even touch on like self-love, self-acceptance, any of those things. And I just want people who are interested in that conversation of body image, especially if they're struggling with it, to understand how deep that goes. This word of this innate need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. into, you know, fitting into the norm and not wanting to be on the outside. So if we're perceiving the norm is what we're seeing and we're being bombarded with, then we're perceiving that we're not safe. It, it's so much, the takeaway here is body image is so much bigger and and so much deeper than just body positivity. I'm just going to love myself and and do whatever. So, you know, and again, I'm sure you would agree, all part of just what would be normal to deal with not only just life, but especially with this process. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think it's really, it's really in the media always. It's probably one consistent thing. If you look, is always there, body image, you know, even not feeling comfortable in our body's identity, you know, where there's a mismatch between what our body looks like, but how we feel inside. Yes. But it is, it's a big conversation. Okay, well, let's save that <laughs> for next time because we don't have six hours. But I, you know, I hope, well, I know, Mom, I'm going to ask you in a second. My, my hope and takeaway for people today is to understand the complexity of everything that they are dealing with. And I, I always bring it back to weight loss because that's my lane. And it's just weight loss is so much bigger than eating less and exercising more, especially when it comes to losing, losing it in a healthy, sustainable way. You, you physically got to lose it in a healthy way, but mentally there is so much to work through to get to a place where you're just calm around foods, you know, where you've worked through issues and associations and old habits that are no longer serving you and in creating and supporting new habits. So I think this whole conversation encompasses this. What's your takeaway for people? You you know the program, the process, our members. What's your takeaway from today? What do you hope that people walk away with today? I think that they will know that habits are formed and they and we need to attend to them to try and change them. But I really love your word calm just now because when we do form a habit, it becomes calmer. We are like it's not decision making is taken away. It's really nice because we just know what we're doing. And we don't panic. So motivation is needed less once the habit is formed. It's wonderful. So motivation is needed less once the habit is formed. I'm going to just do a whole bunch of Dr. Beverly-isms. I'm going to make t-shirts and mugs. <laughs> and this is my pheasant mug today. are you you're a mug fan i love mugs okay we need dr beverly mugs um thank you so much um you're gonna be back i think actually next week with us already yeah so we will um pick up the conversation on body image for sure we'll do a poster in the support group so people have topics they want to talk about we'll add those to our list Um, i know people are going to ask where can they find you where can they reach you oh i've forgotten okay (laughs) You need to write this down. <laughs> the, easy, the easiest thing is my website, um, okay. psychologycenter.ca, and then there's other things. Oh, somebody put it up. Well done. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's – yeah, I always forget that because I don't really we'll, know we'll add- what, what my Instagram's called. That's why everything across the board is Gina Livy with me. You can reach me anywhere, Gina Livy. It's just like, that's it. That's how you can find me. And we will add your contact details to both in the group and on the podcast as well. Dr. Bradley, I can't. I love you. I love our conversations. I'm already looking forward to next week.
Thank you so much, Gina. I'll see you next week. (laughs) Do that. Bye, everyone. Have a great day. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.